Okay, guys, I know y'all tuned into another episode today of Hot Takes with TP3. Before we get things started, um, we got a quick word from our sponsors. The first sponsor of today's episode is Prize Picks. I don't know if y'all are familiar or not with Prize Picks platform and how it works. If you download the app and you use promo code TP3BETS, you will receive a 100% instant match deposit of up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $100 back. Let's say you deposit $50, you get $50 back, and so on and so forth. Um, how it works, guys, you pick two to six players, and if they'll go over or under their projections, more or less, um, you get up to 25% or 25 times your money on that. Let's say tonight you want to pick Luka Doncic to go over 28.5 points, LeBron over 7.5 rebounds, Dalvin Cook over 86.5 rush yards, and let's say you want to go with Jameis Winston under 205 pass yards, something or other like that, guys. It offers a ton of sports. That means you can have NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football. The list goes on, on, and on. They even have tennis, NASCAR, Anything you could possibly want, it is on there. I promise, guys. Prize Picks is available in your state. Download the app to check and make sure it's in your state. Once again, use code TP3BETS. It takes about 60 seconds to pick everything and deposit. It's easy withdraw, easy deposit. Once again, use code TP3BETS if you want to sign up for Prize Picks. Guys, our second sponsor for today's podcast is Alloy Sports. Look, I know a lot of y'all have listened to our podcast for a long time, but y'all are probably wondering by now where I get my stats and trends from. Well, if you want to build winning systems and use trends and stats like I do, download the Alloy Sports app. The app, the link is in my bio on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at TP3Bets. Go click on it. Download it, guys. I promise, guys, it will help you guys bet like a pro. If y'all want to use the same trends and everything I do, download it now. Alloy Sports, once again, that's A-L-L-O-Y. S-P-O-R-T-S, Alloy Sports. Y'all go download it and give them a listen. How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for the episode of Hot Takes with CP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined live in the studio on Thursday, November 17th, 2022 by Ben It's Ben, Ben, Ben. Say what's up to the people, man. Yo. Coming off a pretty good week. Let's see if we can do it uh, once more. Yeah, Ben, you want to give the people a quick recap? And then, so guys, today's podcast, we're going to do the recap, observations, and then back on the picks. Then Ben, even as a rant at the end. So if you cared for more than just our picks, please listen to Ben's rant. That's all we ask. <laughs> yeah. uh, college football last week, you went 2-1. and one. Um, I went 2-0. and oh. That brings your total to 16-20-2. I'm 21-15 and 15 in college. NFL last week, you went one and two. I went two and oh. Um, so another sweep for me. And 15 and 10. Uh, and the NFL for you in 17 and nine. So both been pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good in the NFL. 69, 54 and two overall. Damn, the boys are killing in the NFL. Yeah, overall in the NFL is a four and four week for me with all prime time and regular slate games and stuff all counted together. And also, even on max bets, went one and one. So, I mean, it was the even split. Probably lost like 50 bucks due to VIG, but whatever. Um, ben, start the people off with our observations, and then we'll get to the picks, man. Yeah, so the first one, I want to flash it back to our um, preseason conference outlooks. And when we got to the Big Ten, you and I were just staring at each other before we started recording. Like, who do we pick to win the Big Ten West? I am so thankful. We're getting to Thanksgiving here. I'm, I'm thankful the Big Ten West turned out as chaotic and as fun as it has turned out. Have you looked at their conference records? 
Uh, There's four teams that are four and three in the conference. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I actually haven't looked at the standings, but I know it's a complete shit show and that like teams that are like that are don't even have a 500 record can win the conference. So here's the deal. Illinois is four and three in conference with a seven and three record. They play Michigan this week. Let's say they lose. Mm. Purdue is four and three in the conference and six and four. So they're going to be tied. Uh, if Iowa wins, they're going to be tied as well. And if Minnesota wins, we're going to have a four way tie in first place if three out of those four teams win. That's Un- <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. It's all just to lose by a hundred to to either Ohio State or Michigan. Yeah, like how you at least you know were nice enough Ben to include Michigan in that, but uh, yeah, it's good. It's exactly the way we planned it out, pretty much. Yeah, uh, TCU. TCU's looking good to go undefeated in the regular season. I think when we looked back a couple of weeks ago, we were like they might have some two tough games here, being um, at Texas and at Baylor. I know the rat. I know the line is ratty this week. It's only two and a half TCU at Baylor, but mm-hmm. Baylor looked deflated last week at home against Kansas State. They looked lifeless. Uh, I think TCU goes into there again and, and takes care of business once more. Um, we'll get to TCU a little bit later. Uh, my my rant is related to TCU, so we'll we'll kind of save the rest for there. Oh, okay. I, I did. I hey, I did not know what the rant was, guys. So I'm kind of. I'm even more excited to hear this rant now. Uh, this is kind of a question or, or debate. Okay. Has Lane Kiffin hit a ceiling at Ole Miss? Oh, that's a good question, actually, Ben. Um, I'll ask you a second part. Do you think okay. some places, some colleges, are destinations, and some are stepping stones? Ooh, okay. Um. Yes, I do think certain colleges are stepping stones and some are destinations. Like, I think that, for example, like for Matt Campbell, I think Illinois State is, should be a stepping stone. But if you look, he's going to be a destination, which is just stupid. Adjust your mic real quick. Oh, sorry. Can you guys hear me? Like, is that better? Go up a little bit. What about now? Yep. Okay, perfect. Um, but yeah, you know, I feel like this. You know, you want to be at the right spot. And I actually don't – I think with Lane, Lane Kiffin is at the right spot, though, in Ole Miss. I mean, I think that at this point they're considered – I consider them kind of one of the SEC blue bloods, you know. And I, if I have to name off the SEC schools that I could actually see winning a national championship, I think Ole Miss is one of them. Well, here's their problem. Okay. They've never, they've never been to Atlanta for an SEC championship game as a program. Well, how long has the SEC championship game been in Atlanta, by the way? I don't know. The first year it was in Atlanta, but I don't think they've been to an SEC championship even when it was in Birmingham. I don't see, think I'll, Ole Miss has ever played for one. See, I can give them a little bit of a pass on that, though, just because the fact that Bill, a guy named Bill Belichick is – or <laughs> what am I saying, Bill Belichick? A guy named Nick Saban is the head coach that he has to go against. So, I mean, they're 8-2 and two with two games left. I mean, a 10-win season for a school like Ole Miss is tremendous. Um, but he – and he's figured this out, like his success, his, his years where he's competing or going to try to compete for an SEC title, he's going to have to dominate the transfer portal. And he, he did a very good job this past year. Um, like he's not going to out recruit and, and get these kids out mm-hmm. of high school. Um, so I think his windows will be shorter with like top end talent that he might bring into Ole Miss. Um, 
I, I do think he's he's hitting near his ceiling because I don't think Ole Miss on a year-to-year basis can get nine to ten wins every single year. I think they can do the nine, ten win maybe for a year. The next year they get back down to like seven. And then yeah. I don't think the consistency can be built there. Um, listen, I love Lane Kiffin. I don't think he's like one of the top coaches in college football. He makes a lot of coaching errors. Um, oftentimes he's way too aggressive. Um, and, and he's a coach that, and there's nothing wrong with it, but he has to rely on a defensive coordinator running the entire show. Mm -hmm. And then he's got to find an offensive coordinator that can get along with him. So I, I, there's a lot of moving parts to make Lane Kiffin a successful coach. I just don't think he's going to do it anywhere where he's that consecutively successful. I just think he's a good coach. I think he can get to eight wins at Ole Miss every year. If they're fine with that, he's a great coach. I think they want more. I don't think he's going to give them more. Yeah, Ben, this is an interesting topic. I want you to write this one down, and I want to revisit this topic, and I want us to actually talk like way more in-depth about all these schools and stuff and talk about what we think are actually like – places you can win at and what are just you know what i mean like i want to i want to i want to get in depth on this question i think this is a good one but we'll save that for, for another podcast win a national title at yeah i want i want destinations win national title at i want to coaches we think i want to i feel like we need to have this we'll, let's save it for once the season's over and we'll revisit right. this heavy let's talk about these three programs we'll start with oregon Okay. Man, the Pac-12 was going to set up real nicely this week with, with two huge matchups, and it's almost like the air has been sucked out of mm -hmm. both matchups. Um, just kind of what, what was your reflection on Oregon this past weekend? So I was a backer of Washington plus the points. Um, I did not expect them, though, to win that game. I expected to be sweating that one out and to get a backdoor cover. Um, ultimately, in the game, I felt like – I felt like it was definitely a rivalry game, but I felt like that Oregon's secondary is honestly really bad. And I don't want to say bad. that. And I think that they finally played a team that could really, um, you know, expose how bad that secondary was in that game. And I also, though, do think if Bo Nix didn't get injured, that game might have gone differently. But it, it was tough. I'm gonna, I'll give them a little bit of a pass, though, because Bo Nix did get injured. I think if Bo Nix doesn't get injured, they probably get that first down and they probably win that game. What do you think? Probably. I mean, Bo Nix is definitely better than Ty Thompson. Um, it's been a good season for Dan Lanning, a really good season for year one. It was just disappoint disappointing to see their season just end that way. Um, Texas. I did take TCU plus seven. Um, did. Felt like it was outright disrespect. It's fair um, to say Texas is who we thought they were, right? I would 100% agree with you. And, and what I mean, we thought they were – like, I don't think you and I had them competing for a national championship or a playoff spot. No, both of us said, how the hell are they are they favored to win this conference? I think we both picked Baylor to win the conference, but we both said we did not believe in Oklahoma or Texas. So at least we were right I might have I might have believed in Oklahoma, but I think I had Baylor winning it. Um, yeah. Auburn. Um, I what's Auburn's Auburn record? Auburn's record is four and six now. They play Western Kentucky at home and then Alabama. They beat they beat AM. Cadillac Williams asked for the sellout, the huge crowd, and man, he got it. I don't know if you watched this game on TV. That crowd just seemed very loud. Um yeah, you know, I actually didn't watch <laughs> good the game, for Cadillac I Williams score a little bit. I'm pretty sure Texas AM, by the way, punched that touchdown in, in garbage time because when I was following on my phone, they had they hadn't scored and the game was basically over at that point. It was or they were losing 13 to 3 and the game was basically over. 
I mean, Auburn dictated. I mean, Auburn's quarterback threw the ball 13 times. He only completed six passes for 60 yards, one touchdown and two picks. But they had um, they had uh, Yer- uh, Jerkos Hunter, 13 attempts, 121 yards, and then Tank Bigsby, 23 carries for 121 yards. They just ran all over a you know? sure Paul, Are you sure Paul Johnson and Georgia Tech weren't playing against Texas <laughs> A&M? That's about what it sounds like to me. Yeah, so that's another loss for Jimbo Fisher and A&M. They're three and seven. They play Massachusetts. Let's say they get to four and seven, and then they play LSU, which is a me- not a meaningless game for LSU. If they want to get into the playoff, they have to win out. Um, Jimbo Fisher and A&M have lost one, two, three, four, five, six games in a row. And they had a bye week in between them. So let's say they lost to the bye and they have lost seven in a row. It's a disaster in Aggieland. Yeah, it is an absolute disaster. And you want to know something even funnier about this Texas AM team, Ben? What's up? Against an FBS opponent this season, they have not scored 30 points. Mm. I, their transfer portal is going to be so wild. Definitely. That's- I mean, this is for every team. Wouldn't it be hilarious if that UMass had them on the ropes? I mean, UMass is literally the worst team in college football. Like they're rated the worst team. Them in Colorado are wasted, rated the two worst teams. It would just be funny, man. If if UMass makes this a game, I'm honestly going to laugh my ass off. Let's move on to some Heisman talk. I'm going to let you talk about our boy Drake May, but there's some numbers I want to get off first. Okay. On throws that are 10 yards or more this season in division one football. Drake May ranks first in completions, first in yards, first in touchdowns. He's got a lot more yards than Hendon Hooker and uh, C.J. Stroud. He's tied with Stroud in touchdowns, one less interception, and five more total touchdowns because he's a good runner. I will let you add on to our boy Drake May. We have been talking about him forever now. And I want to say this before you get to him. It's the only thing I want to say to him after those numbers. If this kid had a Clemson jersey on, if this kid had an Oklahoma jersey on, this kid had a Texas jersey on, you see where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. He would be winning the Heisman. Ben, not only would he be winning the Heisman, but Drake May would be talked about like he is Jesus Christ's second coming if he was wearing any of those jerseys. Look, the problem is, and I've been reading this a lot. I've been listening to a lot of college football talk over this past week. And basically, this is really the first week. Like me, I want to say me and Ben were on top of this. We, we've been on top of this North Carolina and Drake May for a while now. But they basically said that, like, the problem is that you would think that college football writers, you know, like they would see him, but they don't see him for the reasons you said because of what he wears. And that's just the fact the way it is. These guys, unless don't he's watch playing college. Clemson or, or the big matchups, like, you mm-hmm. know. And I actually still think Drake May has a chance of winning this award. I know I picked him a couple of weeks ago. Look, he if, he, if he puts up a crooked number on Georgia Tech, which they should, and if he puts up a crooked number on NC State next week, which he should, and they win both those games, it doesn't even matter if UNC loses to Clemson. If he comes out there and throw and has five touchdowns and doesn't really turn – maybe I give him one turnover. He can have one turnover, but he needs five touchdowns. If he comes out there and has a performance like that, 
I think he still wins Heisman regardless of what happens in the game. I think that this is like the like the RG3 year. I mean, CJ Stroud's numbers aren't really that great when you really look at them compared to these other guys. There's on Twitter. I'm not going to read out all the all the numbers if y'all want to see it. I think I retweeted it. Um, if you it's A, B, C, D, E of all the quarterbacks and Caleb Williams and Drake may stand out on another level of them, but Drake may still has 700 more pass yards than Caleb Williams does. And he still has two more touchdowns, one more interception, but he is a higher completion percentage. Even, I mean, the numbers don't even compare to these other quarterbacks in Drake may they're not even in his realm. So I will say this about Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams has probably the most potential to go, mm-hmm. go from where he is in the Heisman race to the top yes. because he plays UCLA on the road at, you know, whatever. They play Notre Dame. Notre Dame has turned out to be a little bit better, even though they've really bad losses. And then it, they'll play for the Pac-12 championship at that point, which would be against either Utah or Oregon. So he's got three quality opponents left. If he lights it up and goes 3-0 and in all those games, I think his chances obviously uh, dr- you know, drastically increase. And I think if it's a toss-up between Caleb Williams and Drake May, it's going to go to Caleb Williams unanimously. He's got the USC brand in front of his name. This isn't basketball. I mean. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying, man. I mean, we'll see what happens. The Trojans, they got to win these games, though, first before anything happens. But you're 100% right, Ben. This is Heisman This Heisman is way more wide open than people think it is. Anybody right now who's betting on C.J. Stroud, betting on Hinden Hooker, you're just wasting your money at this point in time, especially think, on Hinden Hooker. Hinden Hooker has no chance, in my opinion. I think the NFL is, is in a similar spot for the NFL MVP. Now, it's very early in the NFL season still. But Mahomes is going to be the favorite. And I think there's a lot of people – um, who are going to bet the Mahomes price right now? Just be like, well, he ain't going to give it up. Tua is right on his heels. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to the NFL observations. I don't need a comment. I just, I just want to see your facial reaction. The Giants are seven and two, and the Vikings are eight and one. That is, I mean, who saw these two teams being seven and two and eight and one? Let's talk about the Vikings Bills game. First of all, that's a, probably a tough candidate to. Um, beat for game of the year. I think Justin Jefferson made the greatest catch I've ever seen. I, I think you could put the Odell one against it still because Odell's was a touchdown. This was, this was ridiculous. The defender had two hands on the football. Justin Jefferson had one. He ended up bringing the ball down to the ground and catching it off his thigh with one hand on the ball. It, I think it's the greatest catch I've ever seen. Is Justin Jefferson the best non-quarterback in the league? Is he the best player in football non-quarterback? 100% yes, and I don't know if y'all remember last year, but he literally is like Jamar Chase was last year. Last year, nobody could guard, guard Jamar Chase be one-on-one. Yeah, honestly, he might be better than Jamar Chase was last year. Like, these teams were so good because of this guy. I mean, the, the I don't think the Vikings win at least five games on their schedule this year without Jamar, or Jamar Chase over there, or without Justin Jefferson catching footballs for them. Um, 100% he is. Yeah, I, I think um... – I think as of right now, I think it's easy to say yes. Uh, with Jamar Chase being hurt, I think he's a candidate that if I said his name, I, I think it's, you know, you can't go wrong with that. Um, I, I think Derrick Henry is, is still on that list. He's non-quarterback. He's probably the most valuable player in the NFL. Like we talked about it on Tuesday or last podcast or, or in the past, like, he hasn't played with that many good quarterbacks, but his teams win a lot. And it's all because of him. So I think mm-hmm. he's up there. Um, we'll move on. 
little bit of a humble brag, but I will. It, it's important. I just like bring it up because we do talk gambling. It's a great feeling when you find a game that you love early in the week, and it plays exactly how you thought it was going to play. There's the Lions and Bears last week for me. Um, explosion in the second half, over flew past. High scoring, very entertaining. Justin Fields once again showcased his elite escapability, his strong running game, and he's making some good throws. Is Justin Fields in a right in the rising star category, or is he already a young star in this league? That's a good question. I'll put him in the rising star category because it's still not reverting to W's. The wins. He did make the My game thought. losing interception, which is a really bad pass, but I'll cut him a break, man. I mean, this Bears roster sucks, and he's doing what he can with it. I'll put him as a rising star. Like, I two is an arrived star, in my opinion. He's a rising star. I, I agree completely. Is it too early to say the Cardinals and, and the Kyler Murray deal is bad? Yes. I'll still cut Kyler Murray a break. He started the season without DeAndre Hopkins. I think Cliff Kingsbury is an idiot. Um, I mean, I, I, look, I think Cliff Kingsbury, like, he calls good offenses. He's he does some good won. stuff, but he does some – it's just – I don't want to give up on Kyler Murray yet. What confidence percentage out of 100 would you say Kyler Murray finishes this contract with the Cardinals? Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going to go 40%. Yeah, I'm, be- I'm below 50% as well. Yeah, I'm going to go 40%. Just in case you want a refresher, his contract is five years, $230.5 million, $160 million were guaranteed. I believe this is the first year of it, and it's – it's tough to say he's earning every bit of that 160 guaranteed. Um, something did you notice? Did you notice that it was another week of Tony Pollard going off when Zeke didn't play? I did notice that the Packers run defense is horrible. That's another reason why I bet against them tonight. Do you think Jerry Jones realizes that yet? That Tony Pollard is. Yes, I do. But I think Jerry Jones is too stuck up and stubborn. He's so stubborn. Yeah, I think he's too stubborn to admit when he's wrong. So I think that's what's going on here. Let's talk about Green Bay. Well, Green Bay, real quick. That's a great win. It was a needed win. Uh, Christian Watson had his welcome to the NFL moment. Um, I'm going to give him a shout out because I know you don't like him. Did you see the block that Aaron Rodgers gave at the end of the game to get his team a first down? I did. It's, I was I was impressed by that. Let's see if they can turn it around. If they win and cover tonight, I think the Packers start to get on a little momentum train. Um, but they could fall off that is very quickly. Jeff Saturday. He got his first win. The Colts bring back Matty Ice. What a win for Jeff Saturday. Awesome, man. Only the Raiders could make this happen, by the way. Also, too, I was so bitching on Twitter about and they, how they're not firing. Is, they're not firing him. Did you see yeah. the owner? Yeah. yeah, they literally said they can't fire him because of financial reasons, so they're basically just <laughs> stuck with him. Uh, I, it is a shit show in Oakland, man, or in uh, Las Vegas. Jimmy G, as in Jimmy Garoppolo, is something like 51-21 in his career as a win-loss record. And there's plenty of fans who want other quarterbacks more than him. People, you, with Justin Herbert, are so obsessed with how it looks rather than just results. Why do people hate Jimmy G if all he is is a winner? Jimmy G is a product of who his head coach is. His head coach, Kyle Shanahan, is an absolute genius I, I love Kyle Shanahan just for making the Falcons and Belichick look awesome too, for one so that's year. also a genius. Exactly. I and think he makes winning football plays. His teams are like 10 and two when he throws for zero touchdown passes. Now you can think the obvious ways, well, he did nothing to do it to get that win. 
a quarterback has the ball in their hands every single snap. He's doing something to affect the game, even if he doesn't throw a touchdown. He's either making some big third down throws and getting down the field, but he, he's just a winner. I feel mm-hmm. like people just hate on this man. You see the Warriors cheerleaders all give him like like high fives, and it was Christian McCaffrey next to him and, and George Kittle, and they only said hi to Jimmy G. <laughs> no way. That's awesome. Yeah, the Golden State Warriors cheerleaders. Hey, Jimmy um, G pulls. Yeah. Yeah. He does. Uh, and the Eagles, they they took their first loss. Um, you can't go back to Taylor Heineck. I mean, you can't go back to Carson Wentz, right? Like that, there's just no, no way, right? No chance. Yeah. I mean, dude, Taylor Heineck is one of the best stories in football. He's he so easy to root for. I mean, I will say this some of the flags in the, I mean, the, the, the last one. Are we really calling that a late hit? I mean, he Bro. didn't hit him at hard at all. I mean, whatever. I'll sometimes it is. Sometimes it is hard to, to say the NFL is not rigged, but I mean, that was pretty bad. Especially the fa- them missing the face mask. Like, come on now, that's that's yeah, bad. Fa- face mask, which turned into a non-face mask, and then it was a fumble, and Dallas Goddard got hurt. So, so. yeah, that was ridiculous. Well, that's it. I'll go to my rant later. Yeah, guys, Ben's rant is coming at the end, so stay tuned. I'm very interested to hear the rant now that I know it's about. Ben, let's start things off, though, in college football. It is week 12. You are our college football picks leader. Take us where you want to begin. Yeah, so I'm going to start uh, Washington. You mentioned them a little bit, that they're playing really well this year. I'm going to go – I got some big spreads this week. Um, Washington minus 31. Penix Jr. leads the country in passing yards. Uh, he's top 25 in, in passing average or yards per completion. He is top 10 in passing touchdowns. His production is just insane this year. They're just lighting up the uh, offensive playbook and the offensive scoreboard. Um, His production, yeah, I mean, his Washington's offense is averaging 37 points per game and 39 when they're playing at home. They play Colorado this week. I don't, if, if I'm getting 39, I really think Colorado is not getting a touchdown in this game. Um, you can't find a stat on Colorado's defense that's even average related in the country. They're they're abysmal in just about every single category. No, they rank dead last in almost every single category. Yeah, I think Washington scores 40-plus. Um, Washington minus 31 is my first pick. I agree. I don't see how Washington – if Washington shows up, they score 50 points in this game. I, I like that pick, Ben. Um, for me, I'm going to start things out at 12 o'clock window. Um, I'm going to go with an ugly one here. We got the Michigan state Spartans hosting the Indiana Hoosiers. Look, the Hoosiers are rated the fourth worst team right now in college football, Michigan state sitting here at five and five guys. It's kind of a theme of this week. I'm betting on teams that either have their they're betting against teams that dreams were crushed last week. And I'm betting on teams that need to get bull eligible, Sparty needs to get bowl eligible here, guys. Some of those suspended and injured players are coming back from that fight against Michigan. We know that Michigan State had a lot of injuries. Top of that, Mel Tucker's got to make those boosters that just broke the pocketbook ha- open happy for him. I think Michigan State rolls them. This Indiana team's checked out, man. They're probably already thinking about what they're eating for Thanksgiving. What was the what was the spread again? Ten. Yeah, hard Michigan. to believe. Yeah, hard to believe ten? I'm laying minus ten with Michigan State, but I'm doing it, man. Good lord, Indiana's um, bad. I'm going to stay in the Big Ten. Okay. I'm going to go Illinois at Michigan under 42. Um, 
there's a lot of narratives you can throw throw into this game. Um, people can say it's a look ahead spot for Michigan. Um, people can say it's a game that Michigan needs to stay sharp and, and kind of run it up if they can. I just look at this game as a simple handicap. Illinois does the same thing Michigan does, just worse. Except they might have a better running back. They don't have a better offensive line than Michigan. So two similar styles. One team is better than the other. One team is home. I'm just going to take the under in this game. I, I mean, Illinois is going to try. Their only success is going to come if they can run the football. Run the football, eats up the clock. Michigan, I don't have it in front of me. Their defense is very good. It's, it's always really good. Um, and Illinois' defense is like one of the best in the country. So two top defenses in this game. Both teams like to run the football. Both teams don't throw the ball downfield all that much. Uh, Michigan's a big proponent of the long drives. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to take the under 42. I do like this bet, Ben. I actually liked Illinois plus the 18. That was one of them that barely missed my card this week. Big look ahead start to the Ohio State game next. You could see them if they get up big as well, pulling the starters. I just think this is a good, I think that's a good look. Or I really do, Ben. And also, there might be weather in that in that region of, the, of America as well this weekend. So that's another thing to keep your eye out. Uh, I'm going to go to the 330 window, guys. And I'm going to go with the Kansas Jayhawks plus nine hosting the Texas Longhorns. Texas just had their dream crush last week. They can no longer play for the Big 12 title. So, I mean, what the hell are we really doing Well, I think they – I thought they could. No, they – I mean, they t- need eliminated. Kansas State to lose, but Kansas State – they need Kansas State and Oklahoma State to lose in order to be able to play for the Big 12 title. So, they got to have two things happen. So, I mean, like, what are we really doing here? You know what I mean? Gotcha. Like, that's kind of what it is for them at this point. Top of that, let's just use simple line functionality. TCU is plus seven at Kansas. They couldn't cover the spread – I don't see how this Texas team is any better. Texas Ewers has struggled on the road. Also, there's rumblings that Jalen Daniels is going to be good to go and play in this game. Y'all know for sure that this Kansas team, Kansas doesn't have winning seasons often. They're going to get up and play in this game. Lance Leopold and company is going to have something cooked up. I think Kansas has a shot to win this thing outright. Give me the Jayhawks plus nine. Perfect. And I believe, um, what's his name's coming back at quarterback? Yeah, Jalen Daniels. Jalen Daniels. Yeah, they keep flip-flopping, but both are both are solid. I mean. Um, last one for me in college football, uh, UNC minus 21. We talked about Drake May earlier. I think he's going to pound the numbers. They're playing Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's terrible. Um, I don't know him personally, but you and I both know the the starting quarterback for Georgia Tech. He was their third stringer to start the year. He's horrible. I mean, like Georgia Tech can't move. They haven't moved the football in weeks, if I feel like. Um, the interim magic is completely run out like UNC. I know they have no defense in this game. I don't think it even matters because I think Tech's offense is just that bad. UNC minus 21. Yeah, I'm on this one too. And it goes back to kind of what me and Ben just talked about, man, with Drake May needing that Heisman moment. This is time to come out here and show out Drake May and the boys to get it done. Um, last bet for me, night game. We're going back to the, to the hog town, Arkansas. Arkansas Razorbacks hosting the Ole Miss Rebels. Arkansas is a two-and-a-half-point home dog. Ole Miss in the dream crusher position here. They no longer have a chance to go into the SEC championship game. What are we really doing here? Lane Kiffin has been on record saying that he's going to try to get some of the younger guys in there and get playing time. K.J. Jefferson's back. LSU beat Ole Miss handily, yet somehow the spread was LSU minus three. Now it's minus two-and-a-half. I mean, that's basically saying that Ole Miss – equal to LSU. Give me a break on that, guys. 
Arkansas needs us to be bowl eligible. It's senior day, guys. According to PFF, Arkansas is 4.2 points better. They have them rated 4.2 points better than Ole Miss, and that doesn't even mean – and that's not even factoring their home field advantage, guys. Um, on top of that, guys, the PFF actually have ranks these teams and other sta- and basically their overall standings as even teams as well, which gives it another reason why I like the Hawks catching the points. But here's the biggest reason why. Don't ask me why, but I listened to Sam Pittman's presser for a little bit yesterday, and he said KJ, not only is KJ Jefferson going to play, but he said he's from the state of Mississippi, got recruited by Ole Miss. He didn't think he was going to get playing time there, so he came to Arkansas, and this is a game that he gets up for and he circles on his calendar. If I haven't motivated KJ Jefferson with this game circled on his calendar on senior day, Arkansas day, plus two and a half, strongest play of the weekend in college football. Nice. Let's I'm go. done in I'm done in college. You done in college? I'm done in college as well. Let's flip things over to the NFL. Ben had a better week than me, therefore he gets to start us off as well in NFL. Um Raiders at Broncos. Under 41. I feel like I don't need to explain this at all. Both these teams are so bad offensively. I get to have Pat Sertain locking up Devontae Adams. And you think points are going to be scored? Under 41. Let's move on. Yeah, that's a good call there. Broncos unders are on like a long streak of hitting as well. First bet I'm going with on here. Give me the Vikings plus one and a half. That's right. I've been saying bet against the Vikings for the last three weeks now, and I'm on them this time. This line is downright disrespectful. I get the better team at home getting points. Did you get the line out one more time? Uh, Plus one and a half. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Did it flip or something? I don't know if it flipped or no, not. I, I bet that this morning. No, I just never looked at that game. Yeah, so look, Vikings left tackle might be out in this game, but the Vikings actually have the best run offensive line in the NFL, and they're actually top three in the league right now in running the ball. Dallas defense is good at getting after the passer. They're not good at stopping the run. Green Bay ran all over them last week. That's where they found success. I think the Vikings do the same thing. Oh, wait, they also have Justin Jefferson catching passes on the edge if they want to throw it out wide to him. This is not a primetime spot. Therefore, Kirk Cousins will be fine. Um, <laughs> give me the Vikings, man. This is just total disrespect. Like, what are we doing here? Also, wait, I do have a stat as well. Y'all know I love my trends and stats. Um, my stat for this game, I forgot to write into my notes, but I do have it in my other notes. Um, the stat that I'm rocking within this game, teams is home dogs with an 88% uh, win percentage or higher. These teams are 37, 22, and two against the spread. It's only happened eight times in November or later. And if you take away week 17, because teams are resting all their starters, now it'd be week 18, but week 17, then those teams are five and two straight up. Vikings all day, man. Skull. That a boy. Um, I'm going to go Steelers plus four as my second and last pick of. Um, NFL, because I think you and I shared this bet, and then your next one is is also mine that shared. Um, divisional home dog. If you don't know that stat by now, get get on it. it it's a great one. Um, Mike Tomlin's most profitable team that he coached that he's coached against in his career, Cincinnati Bengals. Love that. Wow. TJ Watt came back last week. Minka is coming back this week. I don't. I seriously don't think you can add two bigger stars to a defense in terms of impact. Can you think of Steelers plus four is my pick. Any team, can any team add two players back from an injured list that are going to make as much of an impact as CJ Watt and Minka? I don't think so. I mean, the bills, like you would add Jordan Poyer 
and Micah Hyde back, who are both tremendous players, but TJ Watts, like one of the best edge rush or um, edge rushers in the league, and Minka's the best safety in football, the best. Is turnover. Minka like, for sure playing? I th- I thought he was out for multiple week weeks. They they originally said he was going to have surgery. He's he's not having surgery. Yeah, he, you're right. He's back at practice. He was trying to. He was pleading to play last week. Wow. And the doctors wouldn't clear him. So I think yeah, he's playing this week. Um, those are just high level impact players. Um, the Bengals, we we know that they've struggled with pass rush at times. Well, TJ Watts back. He played last week, so he got his legs under him a little bit. He's back. And I think Minka ball hawk in the secondary where Jamar Chase is not playing is is bad news for Joe Burrow. So uh Steelers plus four. Ben, to add on to what you said, let's go back to all the stats I gave out last week. Mike Tomlin, now 17-3-3 ATS as a home dog. Mike Tomlin, after week five, 40-16-1 ATS. And when he's at home, he's 15-2-1 ATS with now 10 straight covers in that spot. He did it last week against the Saints. Why not do it again on top of that? Like you said, TJ Watts back. I didn't even realize that Mika Fitzpatrick passed or practiced today. I like the Steelers even more now, Ben. Let's rock on the same one. Um, I'll start us off on the Patriots on this one. Patriots are minus three. It goes back to all the trends I used against the Jets a couple weeks ago. Patriots have now won 13 straight games against the Jets. Belichick um, is also an as an underdog um, after Halloween. He is 12 or he is uh, or sorry, he's not an underdog in this game. Um, actually, just kidding. That's my only stat. Belichick against <laughs> the Jets. I pulled some I had, old stats. I had it messed up. There's a stat of um, Belichick off a of bye is like. 15 and four straight up or something. I we, would not be surprised at all, but no, I see. I pulled the, I pulled the numbers from the game after they got blown out by the bears. So all my other stats pertain to that. So those stats don't matter anymore. So there's Pat's minus three. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's it for the NFL for me. Cause I'm also, uh, I was also planning on playing the Pat's minus three as well. So uh, Raiders and Broncos, or is that it for the NFL for you? Yeah, that's it for the NFL for me as well. Let's talk about some of the big games and get to your rant, Ben. I'll do the – let me just do the picks uh, recap real quick. In college football, I have Washington minus 31, Illinois at Michigan under 42, North Carolina minus 21, Thomas has Michigan State minus 10, Kansas plus 9, Arkansas plus 2.5. In the NFL, I have Raiders at Broncos under 41, uh, Steelers plus 4, Patriots minus 3, Thomas at – well, just Steelers plus four. Thomas has Vikings plus one and a half and Patriots minus three. Okay, guys. So we're going to talk about the biggest matchups of the weekend. Um, first one I just want to talk about briefly here. I haven't taken the bet yet. I'm still thinking about it. I mean, Ben, TCU minus two and a half at Baylor. I mean, we've both thrown Baylor in the trash on the no bet list. Why don't we get out here and fade them, Ben? Thinking about it. Um, yeah, I mean, TCU is getting a, a ton of disrespect. Um, and I feel like they just continue to prove people wrong left and right every single week. Yeah, you know everybody on this earth is going to bet on Baylor. They all are going to bet on TCU. The only thing that scares me though is I do feel like TCU is not going to go undefeated. I mean, Vegas is kind of Vegas is telling you the story, man. If they're minus seven or if they're plus seven last week at Texas, now they're minus two and a half at Baylor. I mean, Vegas is telling you, man, this team is not going undefeated. So it is kind of tough for me to take it for that one reason. But I agree with you. I mean, it, just, it feels like, wait, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Um, obviously, the game of the night, Ben kind of alluded to it when we were talking about Caleb Williams. UCLA 
um hosting usc by the way just something real quick that's funny for you guys i was texting ben about ucla usc on like on a monday and i was like i forget what i said to ben and he's like yeah i couldn't believe they lost i had to check the score when i wake up i was like wait ucla lost <laughs> to arizona <laughs> didn't even think they had any chance of losing to arizona but um U- usc is going to be two and a half point road favorites what do you think yeah i would probably lean towards the side of ucla um, I think they got caught in a in a look ahead spot last week. I think they'll be fired up for this game. You still always want to beat your rival. It's good for recruiting purposes. Good for the Battle of LA. Um, both teams don't play much defense, which is why the total is probably very high. Um, I'm not going to touch anything in this game, but I would lean UCLA with the points. Um. Yeah. No. I would. I lean UCLA with the points. It actually looks like it's a pretty public side to take UCLA with the points. Therefore, honestly, I'd rather just watch this game for fun. But uh, I don't know. I'm still kind of considering maybe taking UCLA here. I just don't think USC is going to go eight and one. I mean, when you think about it, they've beaten up on all the dregs of the conference. The only good team they actually played was Utah, and they lost. I felt like UCLA got caught looking ahead a little bit last week, and now I feel like they're going to bring their A game. There's nothing a rival loves to do more than end another rival's playoff hopes. Therefore, I think UCLA is the correct side here. The other one, real quick, is going to be Utah versus Oregon. Um, that game is also going to be a night game as well. Um, that game kicks off at 1030 on ESPN. Um, Utah's two-point road favorites now over under here in 60. I'll start out on this one. So Utah was actually plus three earlier in the week, and now they've flipped to the favorite because apparently Bo Nix, a player said in the, pro, in the press conference that Bo Nix probably wasn't going to be able to play. I don't know. I mean, nothing's official with that, so there's still a chance that Bo Nix could play. Could just be them blowing smoke up their ass trying to get them to prepare and think he's not going to play. Bo Nix doesn't play here. I think Utah wins this game easily. Bo Nix does play. I still think Utah wins this game. The only reason why I'm actually not betting on Utah in this game is because I have their win total over over that was over eight and a half that was my five unit um game or to, uh, win total of the year for college football so i mean i already have a lot banking on them winning this game or winning the next game so i would just kind of rather watch with that in mind than betting on the game individually yeah and probably which is a scary side but i'd probably just lean toward the under um if you wanted to play a side i would wait to hear what the quarterback situation is if bo Nix plays i would play oregon if he doesn't i'd play utah um I'd probably just take the under. I know Oregon's defense is pretty bad, but Utah on the road, just <clears throat> their offense doesn't click as much as it does at home. Um, and if Ty Thompson's playing, I don't think the offense is running as smoothly for Oregon. No. So if you wanted to play it right now, I'd take the under because before Bo Nix is officially ruled out, that under will move. If See, that is a out. sketchy thing is the total didn't move with the Bo Nix announcement. So that was kind of well, it's weird. Not a, it's not official though, right? Yeah, exactly. But it's weird though. They go ahead and I guess they would go ahead and move the spread because they're trying to just go ahead and get people to bet on it now. You know what I mean? But yeah. And hope that Bo Nix does play. So then people have terrible lines. Um, I don't think there's any games we can just single out now in the NFL, Ben. I mean, I'm not going to lie, guys. We say a lot of times this is the best card of the week. It's probably the weakest card of the week across college football and the NFL not too many games that you know like if you miss it's going to ruin your life i don't think there's any game on there like that um ben we've been waiting let's hear the rant yeah so last year people were skeptical from game one through the college football playoff from game one to the college football playoff nobody believed in this team including you and i mostly because they weren't a power five team obviously i'm talking about cincinnati they don't have a huge national brand this, that, they don't have like a Luke Fickle, I think is a respected coach. I think he's a good coach, but he's not like a, one of the biggest name coaches in football by any means. Right. 
we're included in this, but we, as in everyone, just I feel like we totally ignore at the time that the talent that Cincinnati had. They had two of the best corners in college football. Both happen to be starting in the NFL. One is going to win defensive rookie of the year. They have a quarterback starting in the NFL. This wasn't like some, if I can use a March Madness term, this wasn't some Cinderella type team. They had NFL talent. Obviously, they had NFL talent. They two of the best corners in college football. The numbers that they, their secondary squeezed out of offenses last year is borderline historic. They, their QBRs thrown to Sauce Gardner last year and Kobe Bryant were almost in the, I think they were single digits for Sauce Gardner. He didn't give up a single touchdown in two and a half years at starting in Cincinnati. My point is this wasn't some Cinderella team. They had NFL talent. And now we have it with TCU. They have a star quarterback that everyone is starting to realize who can run and throw. They have an NFL receiver in Quentin Johnson who everyone in the country knows this kid's name by now. They have a coach that people know. This isn't some small-time coach. Sonny Dykes has been around for a long time in Division I programs. TCU is a Power 5 school. Cincinnati is not. The Big 12, I think, I think the Big 12 has, is, is almost a better conference than the Big 10. I think the Big 10 has the, the power, the huge names, the national brands, the, the juggernauts of college football, Michigan State and Ohio State. You mean Michigan and Ohio State. I'm sorry, Michigan and Ohio State. Without... Oklahoma and, and having Lincoln Riley, and they've taken a step back. Okay, I get that. Without Texas being Texas, okay, I get that. Top to bottom, there's not a bad team in the Big 12. I agree. There's not a bad – there are many bad teams in the Big 10. So I think juggernaut-wise, national championship contender-wise, the Big 10, yeah, you got two of them, right? hmm I think the Big 12, the records aren't as good because I think they just beat – I think everyone's good. I don't I think everyone's just so-so. I think everyone's good. There's not a team that has that big of a wow factor or that big of an advantage, home or road, in any Big 12 game. So I think the Big 12 is good. TCU, whether they're not steamrolling all these teams, people thought last week that was a trap game. They demolished Texas, okay? People think this is a trap game. Let's see what they do against Baylor. They demolished Oklahoma. I know Oklahoma's not great. They put up like 55 points on Oklahoma. That like my, I guess my point is like, everyone is just saying that like, they're getting no respect. Everyone's saying they won't go undefeated. Well, they're two games, three games away from going undefeated and they're favored in two out of the three, probably three. Uh, they're probably favored in all of them in the big 12 championship game as well. So I don't think voting wise, I don't, I think people keep them out because We can't hear you. Did you lose me? We got you now. I was going to say, I think people are voting them out because they're like, well, we saw what Cincinnati happened last year. That's not how it should vote. I agree. That's not how a team should get in. And it, it's not who you think is going to get the bigger matchup. Because I dare you to put USC in. Have USC play Georgia. See how many points USC scores up. I dare you. TCU has just as good of a chance as any other of these teams that are four, five, six, seven, and below. And I feel like they're not getting any success. So it's going to pose the question, because this is the second year in a row. I'm rooting for TCU to win a national championship at this point. 
I want the narrative in college football shaken up because there's not a believer outside of Fort Worth, Texas, and me that thinks TCU can get it done. Wow. I don't think, no, I don't think TCU will win the national championship, but just to say they can't, I think is an absurd statement. Yeah, I mean, look, me as a betting guy, Vegas is telling you that they can't. Me as a logical guy, I still think TCU is one of the five best teams in college football. I think that Georgia, I think Ohio State, I think they're on a different level than everybody else. And after that, I think Tennessee's right there with them. I think that Michigan, TCU, like I think TCU could beat Michigan and Tennessee on any given Saturday. Honestly, Ohio State, we really don't even know at this point how good they actually are. I want to see them go up against Honestly, we really don't even know how freaking good Michigan is. You know what I mean? We're about to find out in two weeks. I think on a neutral, I think on a neutral field, is Tennessee that much better than TCU? No, not that much. But TCU's defense is damn good. Like Quinn Ewers was couldn't do anything last week against. Is them. Michigan that much better than TCU? No, I'd probably take TCU to beat Michigan. I don't think Ohio State's that much better than TCU either on a neutral field. I don't like. I think Georgia is. Don't get me wrong. That's the only team because I think Georgia's defense can suffocate TCU. Ohio State's defense won't suffocate them. Michigan's I don't think will. Maybe they will, but I don't think you can just say they will. Like. Everyone's like Cincinnati last year. They had no chance. They they played Alabama, some of the most competitive football Bama had last year. I mean, they drove the ball down the field and just went for it multiple times on fourth down, which won't yeah, show up in the box to. score. If they yeah, kicked they one to. of those, if they kick one of those field goals, they would have covered the spread. You know, like people aren't giving them the credit they deserve. I think TCU is easily one of the best teams. I just think it's tough to beat a team twice in the same season, which Kansas is the State. main reason why I don't think they're going to. Like, I think they'll handle Baylor. I think they'll handle Texas Tech. I mean, that Texas, that Kansas State game is going to be interesting, to say the least. Not to say TCU can't get it done, though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that saying they can't get it done is – My point is just each week, for the last, like, three mm-hmm. weeks, everyone's like, oh, trap game, TCU, let's see if they do – they just – they blow these – they're blowing everyone out right now. Exactly. That's why I think that – that's I, why I, I don't care that every single person on this planet Earth is betting on TCU against Baylor. They're at four to make it a story out of it right now. They're not at four because the committee thinks that they can win it all. I don't believe it, at least. I'm 100% with you on that one. I mean, Michigan's not making it. Like, if you remember back then when we talked about our Final Four, I said I was going Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, and Tennessee. So, I mean, I'm still standing with that one. I just think it is definitely going to be tough for them to to. They better back me up. This rant better be backed up by TCU this week. Do not lose to Baylor. I like it, Ben. I like it. Hey, let's go Horn Frogs. We appreciate everyone who tuned in the podcast today. Ben, anything else you want to add before we get out of here, man? Nah, that's all. Hey, go Frogs. Let's get out of here, guys. We appreciate y'all. Let's talk to y'all again on, on a, I guess, Thursday.